Hope FM, Faith-Filled Radio. Well, I'm delighted that my second guest in this hour is uh, Dr. Alan Kirby, OBE, who is the UK Director for an organisation called Leading the Way. Now, if I tell you that this is a Leading the Way is a ministry that spans over 30 years, and they've been involved very much in, in broadcasting, both radio and television, uh, broadcasting uh, and and transmitting in 26 languages across six continents. And uh, and Alan is the UK director uh, of that ministry. Good morning to you, Alan. Good morning, Blair. So, Alan, I, I mean, before we begin to talk about the wonderful work that Leading the Way does and your vision for the future, let's first of all focus about, about your own faith journey. How did that begin? Okay, so if we go right back to the... Uh, the beginning. Uh, I was uh, I was born uh, in in London, and I spent my early years uh, in London. And when I was about uh, I don't know ten or eleven, uh, I moved with my uh, family to uh, the West Country, to a beautiful city in Somerset called Wells, um, uh, which I think has probably the most beautiful uh, cathedral across the British Isles. Um, and uh, I fell in love with that uh, with that city when I was a very young teenager, um, and I didn't realise at the time that uh, that 50 years later uh, I would become uh, a lay canon and a member of the the governing body of the cathedral, and that was just a huge privilege, um, you know, to, to to be involved in uh, in that. Um, I, I knew exactly what I wanted to do as a job uh, when I was about 12 years old, and that was either to do medicine, so to become a doctor, uh, or become uh, a vet. Uh, and I remember um, in, in those early years, in my early teenage years, I remember um, watching uh, some TV programs on uh, an old black and white TV that showed some programs. Uh, there was one that was called The Thread of Life, um, that was presented by a Cambridge molecular biologist called John Kendrew. I remember it really well. And, and I, I really didn't understand, you know, what, uh, what it was all about. I didn't understand the language or the concepts, but just watching that program just really inspired me about the biological world, the scientific world. Um, uh, and I remember to the dismay, the, uh, dismay of my parents, um, I set up a laboratory in my bedroom where I grew bacteria in petri dishes and I dissected frogs and I did chemical experiments with a Bunsen burner and I tried to build um, molecular uh, models. And so, so so that's what I wanted to do as a career. I was very passionate about it and I immersed myself in the world of science um, uh, for, for the next few years. Um, but I became a, a Christian in my late teens through meeting uh, a young lady who was later to become uh, my wife uh, and we have been married for uh, 50 years now and and that probably was the most significant event uh, in my life becoming a christian committing my life um, to the lord and that really determined i think you know the trajectory for my life and career um, you know, from 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 yeah. that point on. Yeah. So that was really really important for me. And of course, they they say the best led plans of mice and men. <laughs> there you were <laughs> wanting to have some form of medical career, whether that was people or or uh, animal focused. But of course, uh, everything was to change, wasn't it? 
Yes, it, it, it did. Um, I, I uh, ended up um, pursuing um, a career actually in medical research. Uh, so I didn't become a medical doctor or a vet, um, but went into medical research. Um, I, I studied at, at Bristol University and then went to Oxford and did a PhD um, and spent 20 years working in Oxford doing medical research. And I was working in a world-class department um, you know, at the cutting edge of medical research. My, my speciality, speciality was, in, um, was in diabetes. Um, and uh, we, we, we set up collaborative research projects across the world. We were involved in you know, drug discovery and development, working with pharmaceutical companies across the world. Um, and that was just a fantastic um, time of, of my career, traveling the world, attending scientific meetings, giving lectures and, uh, and so on. But throughout that time uh, in Oxford, um, I, I think uh, me and my family were aware that God was uh, preparing me for, for, for ministry. And in those days, I remember, you know, I simply consumed Christian books. I read a lot of theology, church history. Um, so I was sort of heavily into reading Spurgeon and George Whitfield and uh, Robert Murray McShane and A.W. Tozer and, and all those great um, Christian writers. Um, and I remember uh, I just sort of trying to uh, find out from the Lord what I should be doing. Uh, I, I applied for ordination in the Anglican Church and was, and, and was turned down. Um, but to cut a long story short, I... I became the executive director of, of Crusaders, the Christian youth organization, which is now known uh, as Urban Saints. So that took me from this you know, really strange world of academia uh, into leading a, a, a Christian ministry. And I suppose when I was about 20, just after I became a Christian, God laid on my heart very, very clearly uh, a real passion to see renewal in the church and revival in the nation. Uh, and that was to become uh, probably the theme for my ministry over the next 30 or 40 years. You're listening to Community Now on Hope FM with Keith Jones Bookshop, serving the community for over 50 years. Visit keithjones.co.uk. And my very special guest today is Dr. Alan Kerby, who's the UK Director of Leading the Way Ministries. Now, Alan, you were talking about there that you, you did some research in terms of revival and renewal, a, a, a real passion and and that led you of course to a significant visit I, i'll let you tell the story yes thank you so i was struck um by a story that i'd read a number of years ago um about the hebridean uh revival which uh, was the last great move of god um across the british isles and this this happened in the 1950s and um uh, the, the the story goes that um, there was a pastor uh, who heard what God was doing in the uh, the Hebrides. Uh, and this pastor asked uh, a man called Leonard Ravenhill, who was a well-known theologian and evangelist. Um, uh, he asked the question, he said, we wish revival would come to us as it came to the Hebrides. And Ravenhill replied, um, but revival didn't come to the Hebrides by wishing. The heavens were opened and the power of the Lord swept across those islands because a group of ladies waited tear-stained and travelling before the throne of the living God. 
And that really made a massive uh, impact uh, on my life. And um, I was then quite desperate to try and meet people who had actually gone through um, that powerful uh, move of God. So I started doing some research. Uh, I managed to find uh, a gentleman on the Isle of Lewis uh, who, when I contact- contacted him, was in his 70s. Uh, he would have been in his 20s when that uh, move of God uh, took place. Um, and he invited me up um, to uh, uh, the, the Isle of Lewis um, uh, to meet some people across the islands who had actually gone through that uh, that, that awakening. Um, and I remember spending a couple of days, uh, this man called Donald Smith drove me across the, uh, the islands. Uh, we visited people in isolated uh, farmhouses. And I remember sitting around kitchen tables and they just shared their experience um, of this most amazing um, time when God's spirit uh, moved. Um, and, and the stories that they, that they told um, were extraordinary. So they were sharing stories of, of churches that were, that were packed, um, of, of roads that were gridlocked because people were desperate to get to church to, uh, to hear Duncan Campbell speak, uh, that there were workers who uh, fell down in the fields uh, under the conviction of sin. And, and the most extraordinary thing I heard, that apparently the presence and the power uh, of God was so tangible and so strong that even passengers on passing ships were affected. Um, And that visit just made such an extraordinary impact on my life. Um, And that, I think, became a theme for me for subsequent, you know, Christian ministry that, you know, we so desperately need to see a move of God like that again in our nation um, you know, we, we need to see a return to biblical truth where that is slipping. Um, and if you look at the prerequisites for, you know, historical revivals that take place, uh, they always seem to begin with sacrificial prayer. Uh, so those three old ladies who prayed night after night for a move of God uh, across the Hebrides, uh, it seems to start, you know, when the church is repentant. Uh, it seems to start when there's a real return to God's word and a longing to see men and women and children, you know, converted and, and come to know Jesus. And, and the end of that, that story, if I may, Blair, is that um, uh, this, this was in 1997, and I was working with Gerald Coates and Noel Richards at the time on the Champion of the World a prayer event at Wembley Stadium. And when I came back from uh, the Hebrides, I I said to Gerald that I've met this man called Donald Smith and these other people who have experienced this uh, great awakening. And I said, we must get Donald Smith to come down to Wembley Stadium to give his testimony. And Donald Smith, who had never been out of the Hebrides before, he'd never been on an airplane. He flew from Stornoway down to London and stood uh, in the middle of Wembley Stadium in front of 50,000 people and gave his testimony about, uh, you know, his experience of uh, this, this this great revival experience uh, on the Isle of Lewis, and that was just such an amazing, uh, an amazing time and an event. Um, and I think many many people were blessed 
you know, when they heard Donald speak. I remember reading about the, the revival that you're speaking of and, and how afterwards that the old men would sit round open fires and, and, and weep, yeah. uh, weep for yeah. that God would, would, would do it again in mm. our nation. And I guess that our nation mm. um, is, is, is very needing an outpouring of God's Spirit such as, I mean, obviously only God knows uh, mm. how he'd work in a new meeting, but I guess it must have ruined yeah. you as well. <laughs> you know, you're hearing, <laughs> hearing, uh, hearing those stories and thinking, oh God, do it again. Absolutely, that's exactly what we need. You know, particularly, you know, as we look back over the last year, um, and, you know, we're, we're now part of a world which is desperately searching for answers. You know, many people who are fearful, uh, looking for hope, comfort, and security, um, and a great, and you know, I mean, m- maybe God is preparing the ground again, you know, for for that to happen, that would usher in, uh, you know, um, you know, maybe millions of people into the kingdom, if God was to express Himself again in that way. And of course, as you emphasise there, that the sacrificial prayer, the, the the almost desperateness for God to move, is something mm. that we as Christians need to 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 express, to pour out our hearts to God, standing in the gap yeah. for for the nation. Absolutely, yeah. I think probably as Christians we become too complacent, uh, too too cosy, and I think you know God really needs to move in. Uh, the hearts of each one of us, to, you know, to give us that passion, that that desire, that longing uh, to see, you know, uh, God move in that sort of way, to see God's name and word restored again, uh, you know, in, in our nation. And, and I was reminded the other day, Blair, um, of, uh, you know, if you look back to the Old Testament um, and uh, uh, you look at... Um, uh, to two kings, so King Manasseh, uh, who was an, an evil king uh, who disobeyed God, uh, he removed the book of the law from the temple, uh, and as a result of that disobedience, Israel suffered. Um, so, you know, they went through judgment, punishment, uh, and exile. And then some years later, uh, Manasseh's grandson, King Josiah, came along, uh, someone who loved and obeyed the Lord, he restored the book of the law in the temple. Uh, Israel was restored uh, and, and blessed. And I think that is a great lesson for us today. You know, that a, a departure from God's word can lead to exile of God's people and judgment. But a return to the book of the law, you know, will lead to restoration and blessing. And I think, you know, that is a, a really important message for you know us as individual believers, but also as a nation as well at this time. Um, you know, we want to see the book of the law returned, you know, to the key pillars of society, you know, within government, within education, within the media, um, within business. Uh, and if that was to happen, then I think we would, you know, see that restoration and blessing come again. So I think, you know, that needs to be uh, a prayer and a deep longing for us all, you know, to see God work again in that way. 90.1 Hope FM. Of course, my very special guest uh, through the programme today, Dr. Alan, Alan Kirby. And uh, wasn't it thrilling just hearing those stories ab- about uh, Donald Smith uh, and the revival in the Hebrides? But of course, Alan, life was to take another turn for you uh, when you were 
to meet a gentleman who, in fact, is the, the, the founder and now the president of Leading the Way. So how, how, what was that meeting like? How did it occur? Uh, so I uh, came across um, Dr. Michael Youssef three years ago. Um, uh, Michael uh, is the founder and president of, uh, of Leading the Way. Uh, and if I can just explain very briefly what Leading the Way is uh, as a ministry. Yes. Uh, so it's a ministry that communicates the gospel and solid Bible teaching um, through modern methods of um, communication. So it uses TV, uh, radio, satellite, internet, social media. Um, and uh, this ministry was founded um, nearly 33 years ago um, by Michael Youssef. Uh, it started out as a small radio station in Atlanta uh, in the United States. Uh, and now, 33 years later, is this global ministry which is working to blanket the, the globe um, with the gospel. And it simply uses the power of the media uh, to reach the lost and disciple um, believers. Uh, so currently, um, uh, each week, uh, over 13,000 programs are broadcast across the world in 26 languages across six continents, uh, especially into some of the uh, harder-to-reach locations of the world, uh, and literally millions of people are being reached um, through this technology. Um, so as I said a moment ago, I, I, I met um, Michael Youssef three years ago. He was uh, introduced to me by um, a friend, and he was looking for someone to um, to lead the work of leading the way uh, in the UK. Um, and at that time, I, I really wasn't looking for um, uh, another role. Um, I was far too busy with lots of other things. And I remember the day before... Uh, I met Michael. I, I said to my wife, you know, I really do need to be slowing down and giving some things up. But after two hours of meeting with Michael, I was totally blown away by this um, extraordinary ministry that was having such an impact for the gospel um, ac across the world. And millions and millions of people were being reached. Uh, and many hundreds of thousands of people were uh, were becoming um, Christians, and and as a result of that uh, that meeting, or through through throughout that two-hour conversation, um, uh, we we realised that you know there was a synergy. We we, we clicked in so many ways. Um, we shared many things in common. Uh, so so Michael was uh, was born in Egypt. Um, he moved to Sydney, Australia, in his early twenties to do a theological degree um, at uh, Moore College in Sydney, uh, which is an Anglican theological um, college. Um, and as we had this conversation, we realized that we had lots of mutual uh, acquaintances, both in Australia and in uh, the UK. So we both knew the principal uh, of Moore College, who was later to become the Archbishop of, uh, of Sydney. Um, uh, during those two hours, I was just so impressed by Michael's um, passion uh, about proclaiming the uncompromising truth of God's word. Uh, he clearly had a deep love for the United Kingdom. Um, and, uh, you know, he kept saying that it was, you know, Great Britain that gave us the Tyndale Bible and the English Reformation and the Wesleyan Revival. Uh, and, he, you know, he had a great love for 
uh, great preachers of the past, so Charles Spurgeon, uh, the Wesley brothers, George Whitfield, uh, and so on. So, so there was a great um, sort of meeting of hearts and minds, a great, a great connection. Um, and the other, the other link that really impressed me was that um, that he was mentored by John Stott, um, who we, we know is still considered to be one of the great Bible teachers and scholars of um, our our time. Uh, so Michael persuaded me three years ago to come on board to, to head up the work of leading the way in the UK. And the past three years have been um, uh, a real blessing to me. It's been such uh, an amazing ministry to be uh, involved in. Um, I, I think the, the message and values of leading the way are actually spot on, you know, in, in terms of uh, proclaiming and teaching solid Bible teaching. And as I was saying a bit earlier on, you know, to see again, um, you know, the Bible and God's Word restored uh, within the central pillars of our society in this nation. That That is a great need, and we are working really hard to try and communicate that that message. Now, of course, you have many partners uh, around the world uh, carrying those those radio and television programs. But I suppose more important is the fruit that arises from all, arises from all of that. It must thrill yep. you to get some of the feedback from what God's actually doing through the through the broadcast, be it on radio or television. Yeah, uh, absolutely. So um, over the past year, which has been a particularly difficult year. Uh, you know, where I, where I said before, you know, that you know, so many are desperately searching for answers and they're looking for for truth and for hope and uh, and so on. Uh, so leading the way has been so well placed, you know, where you know where half of the world's population has been confined to uh, to homes and so on. Um, yeah. But every home will have a television or a radio or a mobile device, uh, so we can beam. Um, you know, solid Bible teaching programs into the homes of millions and millions of people uh, across the world. Um, and it's just been so encouraging to see, you know, the way God is blessing these efforts. So if I can remember some figures, so I think something like over, over the last year, we have distributed over half a million um, resources. Um, I think something like 50 million new TV viewers have been reached um, we have a, a field team that's based around the world, and they have been receiving uh, in excess of 600 messages each day from people wanting to know more about the Christian faith. Uh, we've been able to distribute uh, nearly 150,000, um, uh, we, we call them navigator devices. They are solar-powered MP3 players, which carry the whole of the Bible um, and about 50 of Michael Youssef's sermons uh, into uh, the harder to reach places um, of the world. So we've, I think, distributed them throughout nine countries. And extraordinary stories and testimonies coming back from people across the world who are being impacted by the gospel. So, you know, I think leading the way and any other ministry that, you know, communicates through media, through modern media, uh, is really well placed at the moment, um, you know, to communicate the gospel uh, and solid. Bible teaching, and that's been a real blessing. 90.1 Hope FM Obviously we, we've heard about the, the work 
of leading the way. And, and Alan, obviously you, you as the as the UK director of that work must have a, a vision. I know we're going to talk about the broader vision, but what's your vision yeah. for the ministry here in the UK? Okay, so, so looking at leading the way glo- globally, um, so uh, our headquarters is in Atlanta uh, in the States, and then there are uh, regional offices in Canada, uh, Australia, and, and of course here in the UK. Um, and we each contribute to fulfilling the, the, the global vision and strategy. Um, so so that, that's, that's one sort of um, uh, stream. Um, but there is you know, also a very clear, ambitious vision for how leading the way can um, uh, be, be developed and the profile raised and so on within, within the UK. Um, so what, what we are trying to do within the UK, um, because we are a media ministry, uh, then, we, then we want to uh, get the, the preaching and teaching of, uh, of, of Dr. Michael Youssef on as many channels uh, as, as possible. Uh, so that people uh, hear um, this this great solid Bible-based teaching. Um, so at the moment we are on a number of uh, radio stations. Um, programs are broadcast on four Christian TV stations at the moment. Uh, we are doing a lot through social media. So each month we're probably reaching uh, half a million people across the UK through social media. Um, and I mean. But basically, it, it, is, it is just trying to put before Christians good, solid Bible teaching, uh, which, is got, which is what Dr. Youssef is so good at doing, but also there is a strong evangelistic element as well. So, so reaching the lost through the materials that Lead in the Way uh, produces and then distributes through uh, many, many media channels. So there is a vision globally, but there is a very specific vision uh, for the UK, which is involved, which which concerns raising the profile of the ministry uh, and getting this great Bible teaching uh, into the hands of of Christians uh, whose lives we hope will be transformed uh, as they um, as they receive, you know, this this great Bible teaching ministry. Well, finally, obviously, if people listening to the program today would like to check out some of that wonderful Bible teaching, I guess that one of one of the resources is your website and indeed the social media channels. Hart, would you like to share those? Uh, yes, yes, of course. So, um, one thing that I didn't mention, Blair, if I may mention, is that um, uh, we, we're now at the beginning of a of a, of a seven year strategy called Vision Twenty Twenty Five. Um, uh, and the aim of that, that strategy is to reach one million souls for Christ by, by 2025. And there are, uh, there are seven uh, key pillars um, where we are trying to get um, um, Dr. Yusuf's preaching into uh, these, these different um, media sort of areas. Um, and we are now at the beginning of year three of this strategy, uh, and we are well on track as stories come back to us uh, of hitting that target of seeing at least one million uh, souls reached for Christ by 2025, which is absolutely, absolutely thrilling. Um, but in terms of, of contact details, we would love um, listeners uh, to look at our website uh, where there is um, a host of great Bible teaching resources. 
Um, so if you go to ltw.org, that takes you to the website uh, and to this amazing library of, uh, of Bible resources. There is also a Leading the Way app, which can be downloaded. Uh, or if you want to speak to um, someone within our office within the UK, uh, ask any questions or sign up for resources, then that can be done by phoning 0800 432 For more inspirational interviews, podcasts and Hope FM best bits, visit hopefm.com forward slash listen again.